Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. So turn in your Bibles uh, to 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and we're in week number two of a series that we're calling Fundamentals. And here's what I've learned is that we tend to overcomplicate things a lot of times, and we make things just more crazy and chaotic than they are. But I've found that in any area of life, like that success is found in the fundamentals. And that's why legendary football coach, former NFL football coach Vince Lombardi, in July 1961, got in front of his team on the very first practice of a brand new year, and he held up a football in one hand, and he said, gentlemen, this is a football. Now, here's what you got to understand. This team, the year before, just months before, had just lost the championship game. Like they were so close to winning, being the best in the whole wide world professionally at playing football, And this football coach started the next year by saying, gentlemen, this is a football. It was his way of saying, we got to get back to the basics, that we never outgrow the fundamentals. And get this, a few months later, they won the championship that year, 37 to nothing. Now, here's the deal. Thinking about this series and this year, I want you to, if anything that I want to see you win 37 to nothing in, it's in your relationship with God. I want to see you win and be successful in your relationship with God like never before in 2020. And what I believe is that that type of relationship that God wants to have with you, one that's close, one that's consistent, one that's better than you've ever had, and it just keeps getting better. I believe that that type of relationship, a better and better relationship with God, is found in the fundamentals. It's going back. So this series is all about going back to these fundamentals that God has given us. It's our This is a Football series that says there's things that we never outgrow. And so last week, we talked about the fundamental of prayer, this gift that God has given us to be able to talk to him. And this week, if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, because I'm telling you this is going to be practical. This is going to help your life. I'm so excited. Today, we are talking about the fundamental of the Bible. We're going to be talking about the Bible. Now, here's my question to you as we begin this conversation today is how do you see this book? How do you see this book? Because I think maybe some of you see this as a fiction book. This is just the same as Harry Potter. It's just a bunch of made up stories that make people feel good. And that's how you view this book. Maybe you see this as an old, out of date history book that doesn't really apply to our life today in 2020. Maybe you see this as just a whole bunch of rules and regulations, and you see this as just this big, thick list of do's and don'ts. How do you see this book? One of my good friends, um, who's now a pastor, before he came a pastor, he was, he, he likes to call it, I was developing my testimony, and, um, <laughs> And, and he actually, he did a, he did a lot of drugs uh, when he, in his like pre-church days and uh, pre-following Jesus days. Before he was a pastor, he did a lot of drugs. And one time he was speaking about the Bible and he said, and he was just talking and he was telling people about, okay, you know what? I used to get high on drugs. And then all of a sudden he said, and now I still get high. 
line upon line, precept upon precept, that greater is he that's within me than he that is in the world. I don't care who you are, that's funny, I don't care. So how do you see this book? I think the more important question today is not necessarily how you and I see this book. I think the important question today is how does God see this book? I love this quote from Charles Spurgeon. He says, the best interpreter of a book is generally the one who wrote it. And so how does God see this book? Let me give you three quick things. Number one is that here's how God sees this, that the Bible is God's word. The Bible is God's word. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, in verse 16, it says this. It says, every part of scripture, every part of it is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the task that God has for us. See, this, this verse says that the words of the Bible are the very breath of God. That these words are the breath of God, that it's composed of 66 books, 1,189 chapters, 31,102 verses, and every single word is breathed by God. There's not a page, a book, a chapter, or a verse that's missing. That 39, most scholars believe that 39 different people held a pen and wrote the Bible, but make no mistake about it, it only has one author. And here's the great thing about this, is that it's the only book where when you read it, the author is right there with you every single time you read it. I love this quote from Eugene Peterson, who devoted his life to God's word. And he said this, he said, scripture is God's word to us and not a collection of human words about God. The Bible is God's word. And if you've ever wondered what our church believes about the Bible, you can actually go online to what we have, our statement of faith. And our statement of faith, it clearly states right at the very top of the page, if you want to see kind of what this church believes and all those things, we put all those things on our website. And here's what our statement of faith says. It says that the Holy Bible containing the Old and New Testament is the only infallible, inspired, and inerrant word of God. It alone is the ultimate, final, and eternal authority and source of all doctrine, instruction, correction, and reproof. It cannot be added to, subtracted from, or superseded in any regard. It contains all that is needed for guidance and godliness and practical Christian conduct. The Bible is God's word. And here's number two. The Bible is also alive. The Bible is alive. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12 is a beautiful verse. And it says, for the word of God is alive and it's powerful. And like a good surgeon who only cuts you to heal you, it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. See, the Bible is not dead. It is alive. In other words, that the Bible is the only book with a pulse. And here's what that means. 
Here's what it means when we say that the Bible is alive. Here's what this really means, that no matter how old you are, no matter the season of life that you're in, that no matter what you're experiencing or what you're going through, or here's the thing, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, no matter what those things are, the Bible, it will speak to your life and I can prove it. Here's the deal. Have you ever read the Bible and you got something from it and then later you went back to the same exact passage and you read the same thing and you saw something that you never saw before and it spoke to you in a different way than it did the first time? How many, anybody ever experienced that? I'm telling you, I have. Here's why, because it's alive. It's alive. It will speak to literally every single area of your life at any season of your life. It will speak to you because it is alive. Listen, you just don't read the Bible. The Bible reads you. And so the Bible is alive. And here's number three, that the Bible is a lamp. The Bible is a lamp. In Psalm 119, in verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So here's my question to you. What do we all do whenever we, we find ourselves in a pitch black, dark room? And we don't know, but we got to walk somewhere. We got to go somewhere. What do we all do? We pull out our phone and we turn on our flashlight so that we can see the direction that we need to go, so we don't walk into a desk, so we don't walk into some wall and end up on America's Funniest Home Videos. We always pull out a little light, because if we could have just a little bit of light, we can know where to take our next step. And here's the truth. So oftentimes, my life looks like that. I feel like there's so many times in my life where I'm in the pitch black dark, where I don't know what to do, I don't know where to go, I don't know what to say. I don't know the direction that I should go. I don't know what I should, how I should handle that situation. And there's, there's, there's these times where I find myself in the pitch black. And I love the picture that Psalm 119 says. It says that the Bible is that lamp that guides our feet. And it's a light for our path. And so what that means is that if you ever need direction, if you ever need like like a next step, that if there's a, a time in your life where you need peace, because the truth is, if you don't know where to step, it causes a lot of anxiety. And so if you ever need peace, if you ever need to figure out wisdom on what to do or where to go, this verse says that the Bible will light the way, that it will literally be a lamp for the pass and for the step. It should be a light for the steps that you take and it says it can light up the different ways and maybe it may not give you all the way to the back of the room and give you the finish line, but I promise you it will always give you a next step. And so like, here's the, the cool thing is that, you know, this is week 71 as a church and we started our church back in September of 2018 and uh, it's been the thrill of my life uh, to be able to be in your life and I'm so thankful. And, but before we launched our church, the whole process for us was about four years. And so the very first time that God spoke church planting to me, get this, was on a random Tuesday in my time that I call my devos, which is when I spend time with God every single day. And out of nowhere, he spoke to me while I was reading this. And like a lamp, he just showed me, here's where you should go. 
And then for four years, we just kept taking step after step that God gave us until we launched this church. That's because the Bible is God's word. And that the Bible, that it is alive. And that the Bible is a lamp. See, I grew up in church. I don't know if that's your story. For some of you, it is. Some of you, it's not. But I grew up in church. And I'm talking about old school church where we were there every single time the doors were open. We were there. I mean, we were there all the time, which means I was around the Bible a lot. I was around people talking about the Bible a lot. And I even learned a lot of facts about the Bible. I'm very competitive. And so in Sunday school, I'd want to beat everybody at things like Bible baseball and Bible trivia and find the verse as fast as you can. So I knew a lot of facts about the Bible. But, it, but here's the deal. Like behind that, it, behind the scenes, here are the three things that I felt, that what I felt emotionally every single time I thought about the Bible for the longest time. In fact, the majority of my life, when I started thinking about the Bible, these were the three emotions that I felt all the time. I felt intimidated, I felt insecure, and I felt guilty. I don't know if that resonates with you, but for me, the majority of my life, the things that I felt when it got connected to God's word is I felt intimidated because I didn't know where to start. And it felt so big. I felt insecure because when I would actually have the courage to open this up, maybe I wouldn't know what it was saying or I felt like I, I couldn't understand it. And so I felt very insecure. And then I'd feel guilty because I, maybe I would start reading and then I'd stop or maybe I would just get bored or get distracted after a few minutes. And then all of a sudden I started being flooded with guilt. But then all of a sudden something clicked. Something clicked. Because here, here's, the, here's, the, here's the question. Why can't my relationship with God be like every other close relationship that I have in my life? And if you study every single close relationship that you've ever had, that I've ever had, that any person in humanity has ever had, you can see the similar characteristics. You can see that you always spend time together. That you spend time together. But it's not just any time. It's quality time that there's quality time. You can always tell that there's this common characteristic of communication. And that communication is never one way. That communication with you have with every person that you're close with is two-way communication, where both people are talking. And then not only that, you're talking about things that you don't talk about with everybody else. In other words, there's intimacy involved. And I started thinking, here's what's clicked. Why can't my relationship with God be like that? Where it's not just disciplines to check off, but a person to pursue. And now I don't read my Bible just because to read my Bible. I don't even view reading my Bible as reading my Bible. I view it as spending time with God. And because here's what I've discovered. I've discovered that a relationship with God requires a relationship with the Bible. That if you want to have a real, close, dynamic relationship with God, it requires a relationship with the Bible. And so the big question today that I wanna fill the rest of my time with is how? How do I have a relationship with the Bible? Because I want that. I wanna feel those things. I don't wanna be like owned by insecurity and just intimidation and guilt when I think about this. Like how I do, I want a relationship with the Bible. So can you just tell me how? And by the way, I love that. It's one of the joys of my life is to be able to teach you not just things in here, but something that you can live out there. 
And so for the next few minutes, I want to just talk to you very practically about how you can have a relationship with the Bible. And I just want to give you four things that are extremely practical, but I think helpful. Here's number one, get a Bible. I told you it's going to be practical. You got to start there. Like get a Bible because I mean, I know that that's very simple. But you'll never have a relationship with the Bible unless you have a Bible. And maybe you're here today and you, like, you do not have a physical Bible. You don't even have one that your grandparents passed down to, nothing. Like, you, you don't have a Bible. Here's a cool thing. The amazing people that call this church home that are so generous have provided Bibles for anybody that wants a Bible. So you can go right outside as soon as we're done. Go to an area in the lobby that says info. There's a big sign, big pop-up banner that says info. There's going to be a dream teamer there. And you just say, hey, can I have a Bible? And we'll give you a Bible today. You can walk out of here with a physical Bible. And maybe you're not the, I, 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 don't, I don't want the book thing. I'm more of a digital person. And so I want to encourage you that if you have a smartphone, you can go to your app store and download an app called YouVersion. And not only does it have a Bible for free, it's got like 50 Bibles on there for free. It's got a whole bunch of Bibles that are on there. There's ways for you to get a Bible. And a lot of times people ask me, but like what translation should I read? Because there's so many options. There's the message, the passion translation, the NLT, the NIV, the KJV, the NKJV, the ESV, the OMG, the NFL, the LOL, the BRB. <laughs> Like, what's the best translation? What's the best translation? Brian, like, help me. I can't get overwhelmed when I see all those letters. What's the best translation? And here's my answer every single time. The best translation is the one you'll keep reading and the one that you can understand. So just find one that you like to read. And um, if, you, if you just are curious about me, I, like, I love to read basically two different translations of the ones I read the most. I, I, I like to, like to kind of dip my toe in a lot of them, but like, I like to read the NLT and the NIV. Those are the ones that I primarily read a lot of times in my personal time with God. So, you know, get a Bible, get a Bible. Here, here's number two, pick a specific time and a specific place. And we shared this principle last week when it came to prayer, but it's the same thing. Pick a specific time and a specific place. Because I've learned that good relationships are good relationships on purpose. Like you're never close to someone that you occasionally see or the only times you see each other is when you just happen to bump into each other. I promise you're never close to those people that there's always intentionality when it comes to that. So when it comes to your time with God, be intentional. Pick a specific time and a specific place. See, for me, I schedule my time with God. Literally in my, in my phone right now, on my calendar app is my time that I spend with God. I put it in there and I guard it like crazy. Most of the time I do it in the morning because by night my mind is already shot and I don't really get it. And for me, it's all about starting my day. It's giving God the very first of my day and I wake up a little bit earlier and I just spend time with God. And for me, not only is there a specific time, there's a specific place. Most of the time for me, I spend time with God. I do my devos and I, and I open up my Bible one of two places. One is at my kitchen table. 
Uh, there's, and there's actually a seat at my kitchen table that I like to be in. It's, 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 it's my seat. And I like to sit there and that's where I meet with God. Or a lot of times I like to go to coffee shops and I, and I spend time with God at coffee shops as well. So pick a specific time in a specific place. And remember, here's the key. It all goes back to relationships. It all goes back to having a relationship with God. If I was going to spend time with you, I promise you that we would coordinate a specific time in a specific place. It would go in my calendar and I wouldn't just hope that I made it. I would be there. I would do whatever it took to make sure that I was there. And if I missed for any reason, I would make sure that I communicate that in advance, that it would become a priority. I would never blow it off and just take that same exact approach that you would take with a person and approach it to God the same way. So pick a specific time and a specific place. Number three, have a plan. Have a plan. Don't just blindly flip through the Bible reading random stuff. And there's all types of amazing Bible reading plans that are out there. In fact, on that, on that app that we talked about, version, there is a ton of different options that are out there. And I want you to know that if you go to that website right there, queencitypeople.com slash Bible, we actually have all types of plans that we recommend for you to read. That if you are like, Which, where do I start? I would start there because it takes all the ones that are there on that app and we really shrunk it down to about five that we highly recommend that have all different links. And so some of you, maybe you're ready in your spiritual journey to say, I want to read the whole Bible. Well, there's two different plans that we have on there, including the one that I'm doing right now. And so you can go on there and you can, maybe you want to read the entire Bible in a year. Maybe for some of you, you're like, I would love to read the whole New Testament this year. That would be a massive win for me. And so we put one on there that we believe that could be a great plan for you to read. It's called Project 345 because it takes on average three minutes and 45 seconds to read a chapter of the New Testament. You do that all year long, you're going to read the whole thing. And so maybe for some of you, it's like, I don't know where to start. Maybe I've never read the Bible at all. Where should I start? Maybe it's a gospel plan. In other words, that in the, in the New Testament, the first four books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, tell the story of Jesus. And if, I always tell people, if you don't know where to go, just start with Jesus. Just read as much about Jesus as you can. Read Jesus over and over and over again. Get to know the Savior that you just gave your life to. Or the Savior that you're kicking the tires on, should I give my life to. Read about Jesus. Maybe for some of you, it's a, we have the Proverbs there, and, and this is just a simple way for me to think about it. There's a lot of times the most in a month is 31 days. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs, so whatever day it is, just read the proverb. And if you're ADD, you'll love Proverbs. It's all over the place. And, there, and if you like Twitter, you'll love Proverbs, because it's like all like tweetable and all over the place. You'll love it. And maybe if you're like, I, I don't even know if I'm there yet. Let me just encourage you, pick one verse. Read one verse a day. If you go to YouVersion and you open up their homepage, it has a verse of the day, every single day. And they're the good ones. They pick out all the bomb verses. <laughs> so like, just read that. The important thing is just have a plan. It's not about how much you read. It's about consistently spending time with God, getting as close as you can. Because I promise you, if you do that, he will speak to your life. He will. Write down this principle. I think it's so good when it comes to having a plan that the treasures of God are found not only by digging deeper, but by digging daily. That's something that's so important is this consistency, 
digging daily, having a plan. And then here's the last one, number four. Have the right things at the table. Have the right things at the table. See, I have a table that I sit at when I spend time with God. And I wanna make sure that I always have the right things at the table. That when I'm sitting here, and I wanna just share the things that I have at the table when I'm spending time with God. Whenever I am spending time in my devos, just to show you how easy it truly is because it's really important that you have all the right things. I forgot this, okay? Um, You gotta have a Bible at the table. (laughs) I did not do that on purpose (laughs) in my notes. Like, leave your Bible. No, I did not do that. So this is, this is my favorite Bible on planet Earth, okay? This is, this is one I have up here almost every single Sunday. I call it my QB1. Um, I love this Bible. I love this Bible. And, um, and, and I, like to, I like to have a physical Bible in front of me. Um, for me, I, I like having my fingerprints. I like to write in my Bible. I like to do all the, but here's one of the key things. Here's why I don't have a glowing digital Bible is because a lot of times it, that distracts me because I'm seconds away from social media. I'm seconds away from checking email. And so for me, I have to have this on airplane mode so that I don't get distracted. So for me, I like a physical Bible at the table. Here's another thing that I have. I I have my my AirPods that are up here. Um, That's because I put in instrumental music uh, in there. I can't do music with words or I'll start thinking about the words while I'm reading other words and it just crosses in my brain. And so I've actually made a bomb Bomb, bomb, it feels like this. Isn't that good? It's like God, <laughs> just right here. <laughs> and uh, we actually put the instrumental playlist, the team's so amazing, uh, all the people that are back there that made this happen and turned this on, they made a, um, a playlist. The playlist that I listened to, they put it on the Queen City People, um, Queen City Church Spotify account, and it's public for anybody if you wanna, if you wanna, re- if you wanna listen to it, and it's just like, just awesome instrumental music. It's better than any Spotify playlist, okay? And so um, I've been working on that thing for like six years. And so um, it's got like three months worth of music on it. It really does, it's, it's so big. And, um, and, so, and so I always have that. So I always have my AirPods in there and, and uh, I always have coffee. This is my favorite mug. It says, I love it when you call me Big Papa. If you know, you know, okay? <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's, it's so good. Um, here's what I learned. Like, I, I can't hear God without coffee. Uh, can I get an amen from the church? Okay, no, just, just kidding, just kidding. <clears throat> no, it, here's the why. Here's the why. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I would guess 98% of the time for the last five years that I've done my devos, I've had coffee in front of me. And here's why. There's a reason for it. Because most of my meetings with people are with coffee. And so for me, it just reminds me that I'm spending time with a person. That just like if I were gonna meet with you, a lot of you I have met with you over, where do we meet? At a coffee shop, over coffee. So a lot of times when I'm spending time with God, I love to have coffee in front of me because it just reminds me that I'm meeting with a person. And so I have coffee, I have pens, and I have all types of pens that are up here. These are the pens that I like to have up here. And I have a lot of different colors because I have like this whole little system that I have. And, uh, you know, so I have 
my, the, the black pen I use for my journal and, uh, and then the, the, the blue and the green is like the second and third time that I read through that Bible. And, and then the red is every time I see Jesus. And then the, the highlighter is like the, like the bomb verses. Like, so I just I highlight and, and so I have, I have my pens and I have my, my journal up here. And this is the journal that I'm currently going through. And um, every single day I, I journal. And I think some of you, if you were like me, for the longest time I struggle with journaling. And I think if you're a man in here, you maybe struggle with even the concept, the idea, like, like, what do I journal? Do I write, is it like a diary? Do I write how I feel? Like I'm gonna write one sentence, that's it. That's it, that's how I feel. So like, what do I write? What do I do? And so I, for me, I've developed kind of my own system, how I communicate with God. And it'd be really hard for me to communicate that right here, right now, but here's what I think is important for you to get. Here's the intentional rhythm that I have when I journal. Get this rhythm. I read a little bit from my Bible and then I write a little bit. I read a little bit and then I write a little bit. I read a little bit and then I write a little bit. And here's why, because it's a conversation. It's a two-way conversation. I let God speak to me and then I talk to him. I let him talk to me and then I talk to him. And that's the rhythm of how I journal. And then here's the last thing I, I wanna show you that I have at the table. And this is um, a little pocket commentary that I carry with me all the time. I'm telling you, this was a game changer for my personal one-on-one -on -one devos time with God. And it's a, it's a commentary by a guy named Warren Wearsby. I've tried to find one that's like a ebook, I can't find it. You gotta find this awkward little chunky book. But I'm telling you, it's a game changer. I call him Pastor Warren, because he's helped me so much. Because there's been so many times where I've read and I didn't understand it. And if you open up this book, you see just a very small little paragraph about each chapter. And he explains it in a way that I can understand. And it's like, I get it. I saw that. And so maybe that's a phenomenal resource for you. I've, I've gone through about six of these because I give them away a lot of times. And uh, it's, it's just, it's helped me so much. I can't help but help other people by telling them about it. But there's, out of all these things that you have to have at the table, there's one other thing that you can't see that I think is so important that we have to have at the table. Because we gotta have the right things at the table. And there's one thing that's so important to have at the table and that's grace. See, because there's gonna be days that you miss and there's, and there's gonna be days where maybe you have a Bible reading plan but you don't ever make it there and, and, you, and, you, don't, and you don't do it. And if you can catch up, great. If you can't, no worries. I promise you it'll be there on the plan next year. On those days, you're gonna need some grace. It's okay, there's gonna be days where you're gonna sit down and you're gonna read and, and you don't understand. There's gonna be days where you sit down and you read and you're not going to get anything. It's gonna be like silent. In fact, here's a picture that I posted one time on social media and this was after I spent an hour with God. That's what I wrote down in my journal. That's what I got out of that. And here's what, here's what the caption said on that. It said, have you ever had time with God like this, where you wake up 
open your Bible reading plan, you read it and get nothing. That was me this morning. I didn't underline anything. I didn't write anything in my journal. I didn't get any deep revelation, just a letter to a guy named Felix and a long genealogy that said Caleb, my son's name, nine times. On days like this, I'm reminded of the importance and the necessity of having a real relationship with God, not having a legalistic checklist of spiritual disciplines. So you and I have both had relationships so close that you can have the occasional day where you literally do nothing and say nothing while hanging out and still be close. Those relationships with no relational pressure to always be quote on. Those relationships where every conversation doesn't have to be deep. On days like this, I'm reminded that I can still have this type of relationship with God where we're so close that we can have the occasional day where we do nothing and say nothing while hanging out and still be close. If you, like me, have ever had times with God like this, don't be discouraged, don't give up, and don't get frustrated. The goal is not to check off your Bible reading plan or fill your journal. The goal is to spend time with God. And the more you spend time with Him, the closer you will get. And the closer you get, you can have the occasional day where you do nothing and say nothing while hanging out and still be close. See church, you need grace at this table. And the fact that we need grace at the table, it points us to a truth that the entire Bible, cover to cover, Old Testament, New Testament, Genesis to Revelation, it all points to Jesus. Listen to what John 5, verse 39 says. It says, you search the scriptures because you think they give you eternal life. This is Jesus talking, but he says, but the scriptures, they actually point to me. The Bible is more than just a road map to life. The Bible is a road map to Jesus. The point of the Bible isn't us. The point of the Bible is Jesus. See, if the Bible was about us, the David and Goliath story would be about how we can be like David and defeat the giants in our lives, but it's not. The story points to Jesus, the one who defeated the ultimate giant called death. And because of his victory over that giant, we can now face any giant. I'm telling you, the entire Bible points to Jesus. Consider this, Jesus is the true and greater Adam who passed his test in a much tougher garden called Gethsemane. Jesus is the true and greater Abel, who though innocently killed his blood that cries out, not for our condemnation, but for our innocence. Jesus is the true and greater Abraham, who answered the call of God and left all the comforts of his home called heaven to go to an unknown land to establish the family of God. Jesus is the true and greater Isaac, who is truly offered up and sacrificed by his father for us so that we could have eternal and abundant life. Jesus is the true and greater Joseph, who serves at the right hand of the king, who forgives those who betrayed him and uses his power to save them. Jesus is the true and greater Moses, who stands in the gap between the people and the Lord and mediates a brand new covenant. Jesus is the true and greater Job, who is the truly innocent sufferer, who then intercedes for his friends. Jesus is the true and greater David, whose victory becomes his people's victory, though they never lift a stone to accomplish it themselves. Oh, I'm telling you, I can keep going. Jesus 
Jesus is the true and greater Esther who didn't just risk his life, but gave his life. Jesus is the true and greater Jonah who was cast out into the storm so we could be brought in to a place of peace. Jesus is the true and greater Passover lamb, the true tabernacle, the true temple, the true prophet, the true priest, the true king, the true Lord, the true sacrifice, the true lamb, the true bread, the true rock, and the true light. You see, the entire Bible, it points to Jesus. And here's the most amazing thing today. We can have a relationship with that Jesus. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Just ask God right then and there. Just ask him, hey, what what are you saying to me, God? Just pray that right there in your heart. What are you saying to me? Ask him, what does my response need to be to this message? And maybe your response is very practical. Maybe it's to get a Bible. That's the step that you need to take. Maybe it's to set aside a specific time or place or to get a plan. Maybe you need to give yourself some grace for times that you've fallen short or maybe you've put too much pressure on yourself to understand everything. And maybe today you just need to give yourself a little grace, but maybe you're here and you need to experience grace. You need to experience the grace that can only come from God. And maybe you're here and you feel far from God and you need a fresh start. We wanna give you that opportunity today to make that decision, to start or restart a relationship with God. And we're not gonna point you out. We're not gonna make you come forward or embarrass you in any way that today, if you wanna make that decision, all I wanna do is I wanna lead you in a very simple prayer. So today, if you wanna start a relationship with God or restart a relationship with God, On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand and say, include me in this prayer. That's what I need to do. That's my step today. I need to get right with God. I need a fresh start. So if that's you on the count of three, one, two, three, just put your hand in the air as a sign of surrender. It's awesome, it's awesome, it's awesome, it's awesome. It's awesome, it's awesome, it's awesome. I see you, I got you, got you, got you, got you. It's great. Anybody else? That's the decision I need to make today. That's awesome. You can put your hands down and pray something like this just in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you. I need you sorry that I've gone any time in my life without you. Will you come live inside me? Will you change me? Will you make me brand new? Today, I want to start a relationship with you. I want to be close and I surrender my whole life to you. And I choose to follow you. God, I thank you so much for Jesus. And we thank you In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, church, can we clap our hands for everybody that just made that decision? It's amazing. Like, genuinely, we're so proud of you. We're so proud of you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com.